Hey guys, welcome back to the Bark Side of the Moon podcast. Today's episode is part one of a two-parter in which myself and Anne unpack the challenges faced by both humans and dogs with the imminent arrival of a new baby to the home. We discuss how you can help everyone make this transition easier by taking some simple steps early on and well before your new arrival. And if your new baby has already arrived, don't worry, we discuss helpful tips for those situations too. Hope you enjoy. Hey Anne. Hi Graham, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. Ready to go again. Oh, good. <laughs> Excellent. You. Yeah, you better be. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. A different topic um, yeah. today, but a much needed one, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, like all the topics. Every one of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. We just can't get out, uh, out get them all out quick yes. enough. Yeah, but no, they're, they're, they're coming. Be patient, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Today, we were discussing before what we we're going to talk about, and um, this, this is definitely always an important one and something that comes up all the time, not just in, in mm-hmm. recent years as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's about the, the uh, imminent arrival of a, of a, of a baby coming mm-hmm. into the household. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of the most amazing things in the world for, for, for humans, obviously, you know, so exciting, massively life changing in so many ways for us and naturally with everything that goes along with this for the humans occasionally dogs in these families aren't always at the top of their priority list of course while they're preparing every way yeah Hmm. (laughs) they they, they prepare in every way possible for this kind of amazing uh, new arrival you know but unfortunately though for those dogs there is about to be a massive change in their Mm -hmm. world too and in many cases they are not given the time or help they need to prepare be prepared for these changes or how to adapt to these changes when they come so a lot of dogs are having to try and survive all of this um, with little or no help at all in, in a lot of cases and incredibly some do find a way somehow but if we can give them the help they need then this transition will almost certainly be easier on them and for the rest of the family going forward. So I, I presume, but is this something that you see a lot of? Yeah, we talk a lot about um, baby prep uh, for dogs. And it's it's certainly something that has become more on people's radar now. So we would mm. do, I would do a lot of cases relating to baby prep and, and kids and dogs living together and things like that. Um, so, you know, there's so much to do when a baby is on the way. There's just so much stuff, as I'm sure you know. Mm. Um, and <laughs> like where the problems, where I think a lot of the problems stem from is is that there are really very high expectations kind of thrust upon dogs. And I think the, uh, yeah. the internet and all of the information and media that you're being bombarded with would certainly have you believe that dogs and children you know, are just going to get along, that it's just going to be, you know, magical, that it's all going to be totally peaceful. <laughs> D- and stuff like that. that. Yeah, like mm-hmm. total Disney family, you know, white picket fences and all the trimmings. Um, mm. And the problem then is, is, of course, that I have to go in with all the bubble bursting as usual. Yeah, um, you know, and really, <laughs> yes, unfortunately, <laughs> and really emphasize that, you know, the reality is that dogs pose a significant threat to the safety of children um, and that, you know, normal child behavior and normal dog behavior can kind of clash in a lot of ways. Mm. And um, the child not doing anything wrong, you know, being completely normal child can can upset a dog and a dog, again, being a completely normal dog can really upset a child and obviously can present, you know, serious safety issues with them. So, you know, and we talk about that a whole lot. And like you say, there is so much changing and so much stuff going to come 
with the arrival of a baby. And that's, you know, even if when we talk about baby prep, we're talking about an infant. So the first kind of three months, Mm. so pregnancy and the first three months. And um, there is so much stuff happening then and everybody's going to be overwhelmed by it. I mean, Mm. the Internet also and media and all of the things kind of thrust very high expectations upon expectant parents and caregivers as well. So, you know, it's it's hard. It's going to be hard for everybody. And I think I think a lot of people, I'm not going to say most people, but a lot of people probably go into it with maybe different expectations that are not going to align with the reality of, course. of um, having a baby and bringing a baby home and then trying to juggle that with the dog stuff. And, the you know, we've said this quite a lot in a lot of our chats that, you know, mm. none of this stuff is so-called common sense. It's not intuitive. No. You know, you're, you're not born with some natural sense of how you're going to be able to do this, but you can learn it and you can learn it providing you get the right guidance and the right support. And we're never going to blame you or anything like that, um, obviously, because we're a no blame zone all the time. But, you know, that we, we must emphasize that this is something that you can learn and that you can do, um, but we do have to do it as well. At the same mm. time, we actually have to set aside some of the investment that's going into preparing for baby because there's so many things to prepare for, you know, a very, very vulnerable little person that's going to come into the world. And yeah. there's so much to do. And so we just want to make sure that we're considering the preparation that we can do for to help with the dog as well. And it'll fit in with a lot of the other prep that you're doing. So it's not necessarily a lot of extra work, but there yeah. is stuff that we do have to do. Um, there is stuff that we do have to prioritize with that there as well. Mm. And I suppose to begin with it, to try and talk a little bit about the challenges that face the dogs yeah. when, when a new baby enters <laughs> so the <home>. many. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> just the most common ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, otherwise we'll be here all day. Yeah. Um, so if you think about all of the challenges that are going to meet the new caregivers, new parents, mm. um, they will have had time, presumably, to prepare in some way for this. Yeah, just coming. not I mean, enough. But yeah, no, never enough. I mean, there isn't enough time in the universe. And enough books, not enough advice. There's nothing. There is really, just really nothing. nothing. To you. Yeah. you think you're prepared. <laughs> yes, and exactly. No, no way. And, and that's exactly it. That's where those, you know, unrealistic expectations are stemming from, is that we think oh, we should mm. just be natural parents. And of course, that's not the case at all we have to learn a huge mm. amount and prepare a huge amount and there's just loads of stuff and so if you can imagine then how overwhelming it is despite the fact that the arrival of the baby probably wasn't a surprise to you now i know there are some situations where that can happen but um you know or you know a baby is arriving on short term notice or whatever yeah. but um you can imagine then the dog doesn't get any time to prepare no, they don't no know until it's concept happening. of it at all yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i mean so I mean, new parents, new caregivers are overwhelmed despite having time to prepare and having read the baby books and having set up the paraphernalia that comes with baby. Mm. Um, You know, so the dog has no time for that as well. So, you know, there's just so much. And of course, they don't understand the implications of any of these changes. So there's changes to their routines, changes to their sleeping patterns, changes to noises and activity that are going to be happening in the house, changes to Mm. the attention that they're going to get, the the amount of exercise they're going to get, you know, Parents will be home a lot. Mum will be gone away and then back again. And then everybody's home for a while. And then, um, you know, so there's lots of kind of all of that kind of messing is is going on. And that's yeah. even before we consider the actual arrival of baby. So mm. the actual infant in the picture, we haven't even talked about that yet. That's going to, that arrival is going to bring about a whole lot of change as well. Yeah. So the aim of this kind of these programs, when I do this with 
pet owners is these baby prep programs is is that we're preparing so much that the only addition at the time is going to be baby arriving that that's Mm. going to be the only change that's happening on top of this because we will have been working for as long as possible to gradually uh, wean in all of the other changes that we might expect to be a part of the new life the new normal with baby Mm. so that the only you know new addition that's actually going to arrive home is the actual infant the actual individual infant um, that's Mm. going to come home so everything else we have put in place and everything else we've started um you know to to have some sort of preparation there for the dog because dogs really don't do well with sudden change that's not really their you know they're not terribly good at that and um you know but if we do gradual change they generally will do quite well with that providing we Mm. use their behavior as information and you know adjust according to their comfort levels and i think Mm. you know there's a there's other challenges in terms of our understanding of dog behavior you know that Biting behavior is normal communicative behavior for dogs. All Mm. dogs pose risks to babies and children. Uh, Mm -hmm. Breed is not an accurate predictor of safety, and we have data for that. Um, Mm. Dogs pose significant risks to children, and obviously Mm. infants are very, very vulnerable in their first few months of life. I mean, to everything and anything, they're incredibly Mm. vulnerable. But they generally are at a lower risk Uh, when it comes to dog um, dangers because they're Mm. kind of held all the time or they're secured all the time or they're moving as much. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of contained all the time. Mm. Um, But as children age and they start to move around more and Mm. possibly interact um, with the dog or interact more with their environment, I suppose, more independently, that certainly bumps up the risk. And by the time we get to kind of toddling age, there is much greater greater risk obviously with infants and this is a terrible topic but you know i've started so i'll finish but obviously mm-hmm. with infants if they are um in contact with a dog even a dog can accidentally do so much damage to them obviously they're way more vulnerable to succumbing to injuries as a result of interactions with dogs um yeah. but um it is rarer um but that doesn't mean we're not careful because what we do to prepare is what we're doing to prepare for that dog's life with that child so yes this prep stuff is very much geared towards getting them through the first getting everybody really through the first three months um but then we have to adapt that as we go and we're that's setting a foundation then for that dog and how they're going to interact with that child and the you know all of the upcoming routine changes that are going to be happening um you know that's very much setting a foundation for that but i think Mm. you know it is important that we recognize that dogs are dogs and Mm. their normal behavior can mean that we have to have some extra stuff in place for safety so it's not just about preparing the dog to cope with all of the stuff it's also preparing Mm. the dog so that the environment is going to be safer for this child uh, mm-hmm. which is obviously always our priority and it's any uh, parents or caregivers priority um mm-hmm. you know so most dog bite bite victims will be children most yeah. of the victim dog bite victims who require medical attention will be children mm-hmm. and most biting incidents involve the family dog or a familiar dog usually in the home or in a yeah. familiar environment so it's not some mm-hmm. raging you know wandering hound from hell that's you know it <laughs> no. can happen as well and we do have yeah. to give children skills in relation to recognizing that too but really mm-hmm. the greatest risk is posed by the dog in the home regardless of the breed of dog so 
oftentimes mm. these conversations will come around first to breed and where that's relevant, particularly from a, just from a size point of view, like obviously a larger dog can just do more damage than a smaller dog can do, mm-hmm. um, even in friendly interactions. You know, large yeah. dogs kind of just turning around can knock a child, you know, and things like that. And we can have all, you know, there can be a disaster there. But but mm. uh, breed is not an accurate, a breed alone certainly is not an accurate predictor of safety. And I think that needs to be emphasizes, emphasized um, because we, we want to promote a better understanding of dog behavior. So everybody safe and and we understand the risks so that we can put things in place to mitigate that yeah to apply it to to any dog not yeah. just yeah. A, a breed. all dogs yeah and absolutely it's uh, like there's that out there obviously you know um x dog has bitten more than uh, any other dog but yeah. you know and it's it's because a lot of the time when you stand back and look th- th- that's a very popular breed of dog mm-hmm. and there are yeah. more of them you yeah. know um so that's not reliable um yeah. Yeah. data Oh, not at all. Dog breed based bite data is not in any way reliable or helpful at all, like no. at all. <laughs> um, no. And it causes problems because it means that people are going to be thinking that, well, only these dogs pose um, a problem. So these dogs obviously do not. And at the mm-hmm. same time, we have kind of inaccurate information going the other direction as well in that Mm. you know people saying oh well these dogs were nanny dogs i mean that was never a thing that was an invented (laughs) thing i know i know i know i'm so predictable (laughs) um um, but like that's not a thing and this thing of like you know good dogs for children and you know pick Mm. this you know family dogs and uh this dog is child proof i mean i see that term a lot Um, and that makes me wobble a little bit because that's not really a thing either Um, so we do need Mm. to make sure that we have a a better understanding or we promote a better understanding of of dog behaviour and I mean I love dogs but I recognise that dogs have teeth and if an animal has evolved teeth they have they bite I mean that's just Mm. how that works Um, if you have a mouth you bite with it that is Mm -hmm. how evolution has worked for like millions of years so Mm. we're not undoing it now Um, no and and dogs use biting um, and other what we often term aggressive responding as communicative behavior. Mm. So they just do it in a slightly different way, whereas as people tend to shout and punch and kick, dogs tend to growl and, and vocalize and bite. That's their version yeah. of that. Um, mm. So it's completely normal dog behavior. So when we do that, when we can set that up for those expectations, then we can have a better and more realistic chance of keeping everybody safe. Mm. Absolutely. So... You've got you've got your dog. You've yeah. got your baby, <laughs> and so Ta-da, just like that, pe- yeah. <laughs> and like it's 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 the craziest, amazing time, craziest time. It's the biggest blur ever, um, particularly for the moms, obviously uh, as well. You know, <laughs> good that you recognise that. <laughs> Holy moly! Yeah, absolutely. Like, come on. I mean, this, it, let's be real here, you know, um, us guys stand there going, what do, what do we, you know, what do we do? You've done, I, your, I, you've done your time. We're, no, <laughs> we're, we're trying, we, we want, we want to help, you know, what, what, what can we do? But a lot, a lot, a lot, lot more is on the mom, obviously, you know, yeah. so you're not thinking about dogs, um, um, but we have to try. And so how can people recognize if the dog is struggling with this transition, you know, some yeah, simple I ways think, if, if you can. I, I, Really, you know, the most important thing is I would say don't wait for signs of struggling. You know, that's what I was yeah, going to yeah, say. Yeah, of course. That, yeah. You know, be proactive. Don't wait yeah. for the dog to develop negative associations because people, you know, 
when they contact me about uh, more so about child dog interactions, less mm-hmm. so about baby prep because that's that is in, by definition proactive. Um, mm-hmm. They will tend to I, I tend not to see the, the 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 pet owner and their pet until we're multiple bites in. So it's actually mm-hmm. quite rare that I see child bite cases where there's just one bite has happened. Um, and we're usually, you know, way in there in terms of risk and uh, sure. damage and injury and distress and mm-hmm. everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the important thing here is, is that we don't really want the dog to develop negative associations with things that are associated with the child or mm-hmm. associated with children or children mm-hmm. related activities. So we want to be proactive as possible. And I do understand that for many pregnant people, they don't want to do too much prep too early. There's kind of a bit of a controversy I about, know. you yeah. know, get ordering a lot of this baby stuff, for example, telling course, everybody yeah. those mm. sorts of things. And that's completely mm. understandable. But I would try to encourage people that even if they are even thinking at some point, you know, that children might be arriving, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's a year down the line or two years down the line, or, you know, they're not pregnant at yeah. that stage or whatever, um, mm. that, you know, that we would start to be talking about things that we can be doing um, and preparing those dogs and as early as possible. So sometimes I won't see the dog for baby prep until one or two months before, um, yeah. you know, go day. So, um, and that's just, you know, that requires a good bit deal more time the more time we like i can't put a figure on it but the more time we yeah, have the better it's, to prepare yeah. um i think again we i'm going to blame like internet clips again but they often <laughs> depict really inappropriate and often dangerous oh interactions between children yeah. and dogs and it's like very jarring a lot of the time yeah. um and i have to go through a lot of these because we use a lot of these clips for um budding dog trainers learning about signaling so i spend a lot of time watching these so all my youtube <laughs> recommendations are these terrible <laughs> Really distressing clips. Com- me loads. Oh yeah, uh, over the years. Oh, there's yeah. so many. There's just thousands <laughs> of completely inappropriate interactions and what are you thinking moments. Um, so I think that's something that really we need help with, or we need to help people with. I suppose is understanding. Well, that's not going to be something that we can do. And there are red flags. So there are, you know, just the if we talk about babies, let's say, because this is what we're talking about here. But um, dogs showing kind of a lot of interest in the baby or a lot of interest in their belongings, toileting around their belongings um, you know, kind of jumping up or moving towards the baby every time they, mm. they vocalize a lot of sniffing of the baby, a lot of watching the baby or being picked up or being carried. Those mm. are real red flags for me. And I get very um, concerned when I talk to new parents or caregivers about, you know, where those, those dogs are showing those signs or I'll go and see them and we see the dog um, showing those sorts of behaviours. They are definitely, that kind of more interest is definitely not um, comfortable is what I would say. Yeah. But really in general, changes in behaviour in the dog that you notice, you know, and they could just, they might not be in response to the infant themselves. They might be in response mm. to the changes in routine. They might be in response to just, um, you know, mum might have gone for a few days and come back and that can be jarring for some dogs particularly if they're quite bonded and attached yeah, to the, the 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 owner um mm. so changes in behavior i would say up or down you know either way um mm. and it really you know get in touch and have a conversation at that point and because that is a point at which we can do a lot of education um and we can really talk even if it's just to say well okay they don't need to be in the same room as one another. This doesn't need to, you know, this doesn't need to happen yeah. right now. Um, we need to move away from this kind of 
internet-based kind of ideological idea of what dogs are and what what we're expecting of them which is completely unrealistic and shouldn't be yeah. expecting of uh, that and level dangerous. of tolerance so, you know one of the first things i talk about when i go and do baby prep sessions with um uh, pet owners is that one of the first things we talk about is that infants are prey animals to dogs mm. and all of the stuff that infants do so how they smell how they behave the noises that they make mm. all of those things are you know they they turn on the predator switch in the brain of predatory animals like dogs mm-hmm. and um that's I, I think if if i can scare them a little bit we start to view it a little bit more carefully we start to view it through mm-hmm. a different lens not through a, a kind of an internet uh, doggo lens yeah which, ugh, you know, that we start to actually start looking at a little bit more realistically. And if that's our starting point, well, you know, if we're keeping safe from that point of view, and I don't have any expectations beyond that for dogs, I don't expect them to come in and be nurturing towards uh, young mammals. Young mammals are prey mm. items to um, to dogs, like they are to many other animals uh, as well, other predatory animals. So, mm. you know, that's where, that's our starting point. Let's keep it safe, keep it all safe from that point of view. Yeah we've thoroughly jarred everybody now no no this is what this is like i said this is what we got to talk about you know this is what what everybody uh, needs to hear you know um because everybody means means the best even those people that are are are, are recording or taking snapshots of what they're doing putting the baby and the the dog together for instagram shots or whatever it is that they're uh, what they're doing and they don't realize they think that's the best thing and they feel very um they're they're desperately trying to keep the dog included yes because they're afraid if they don't oh the dog's going to resent the baby and then we're going to have a whole whole mess and that's why they're they're trying to cram them all into the one room and like you said earlier it's going to be a simplest thing to to have them um happy being um separate for portions of the day at least you know what i mean yeah and like that's a really good observation to make. Again, none of this is intuitive and no mm. parent or caregiver or auntie or uncle or whatever. No, they're not. Their intention is never to put their child at risk. You know, that's never, never mm. the intention and never what we think um, that that's what's happening. Um, because, again, none of this stuff is just common sense. None of it is intuitive. No. We actually have to learn about it. Yeah. Yeah. So before, uh, I suppose, let's let's roll it back then. So before the baby <laughs> arrives, mm-hmm. yeah, I know you're saying it's very hard to, to give specific times, but yeah. what can people do or what should people, so there's people listening now yeah. and, and, there's, and, and there's a baby planned or a baby on the way, what are the best things they can be doing? There is so much that can be done and there's like, there's so many things that we can do to make this easier um, and okay, so many cool. easy things that you might not even have thought about and so many things that we can integrate with the other prep that you're doing anyway. So the first thing is that we need to be ready for everything that's coming. So we need to think about well, what are, what life ex- what is life going to be experienced now for this dog mm. and for us, you know, for, for, for the adults as well, there's going to be a real change. And even if you started just with thinking, well, how are things going to change for the adults? That will give us real information about how the effects that are going to be had are going to be experienced by the dog. So things mm. like starting to reduce exercise um, over time. So maybe they don't get a walk every morning at 9 a.m. because mm. the reality of life is when an infant arrives is that <laughs> that's probably not going to be happening. And it's certainly not going to be happening as consistently. And we start to increase a lot more self-directed activities for that dog. So we start to increase and getting them really addicted to, you know, sniffing games that are easy to set up, yeah. food-related toys, those chewing, all of those things that dogs 
products can do that are great for them in terms of entertainment and enrichment and and all of that but also don't require as much attention don't require as much input from the human so we're starting to to balance those two things over time and it's that's not to suggest that this will be like that forever but certainly to get us through the first three months when everything is a bit mad and a bit Mm -hmm. unexpected and there might be all sorts of you know unexpected things happening um over that time that just to get us through that and then you know if we then we can start to get into a more consistent pattern uh with exercise for example with taking them out with attention and that's particularly can can kind of coincide when the baby is in more of a routine as well in terms of you know a bit more predictable in terms of going down for naps and you know mm-hmm. sleep for a certain length of time or you know or whatever so that's the first thing that we we often start talking about and then we start i start to ask them about you know how are you going to live with your baby and your dog so show me the spaces let's work out how we're going to live and i start to define specific areas for particular activities with that dog so that dog has a particular expectation they can anticipate to feel a certain way when they come into this situation so for example we might say well this is the living space that baby is going to be for a lot of the time that we're going to do a lot of the interactions with the baby that we're going to spend time with baby so this Mm -hmm. is really a place where we want the dog to come in here and anticipate feeling calm and also that the dog goes okay I expect when I come into this particular context that I'm going to just be lying on my bed working on a food toy or a chew or entertaining myself Um, so Mm -hmm. we start that then and again it's all done gradually so because again dogs don't do great with changes and we Mm -hmm. might define you know a garden area for more high obtain games or play or interactions or toys or whatever so that they can expect that out there and they can still get their jollies in in that sort of context Mm. we talk about bringing baby equipment in and the thing is is that i tend to my first go-to is to treat baby for all of the baby equipment and baby furniture because there's so much stuff and it's all huge and New Loads of stuff you don't need, but you get it anyway. Oh, yeah. Anyway, absolutely. <laughs> I think you might need it. Yeah, <laughs> Over just prepared. in case. Just in case. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, and the thing is, is that I will tend to start to treat this stuff like any other piece of furniture. We wouldn't get a new table or a set of dining chairs or a new sofa and be like, oh God, I have to prepare the dog now. For yeah, the... let's start touching this and rubbing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> dining table. You know, we're going to have to start feeding the no, dog. No, just bring it in. And just, yeah, you just bring it, it in, you put it down and okay, your dog might come into the room and be a bit weird today by initially go what the hell is this thing and then they'll kind of go on about life and it literally just becomes part of the furniture part of the background and that's kind of what we want to do with baby furniture so bring it in mm. unpack it have it there where the dog can kind of go whoa what's that and then just kind of habituate to it so just kind of get used to it just becomes part of the background for them mm. now if there was a dog that we were seeing serious kind of avoidance related behavior for example in response to you know whatever the stuff is because some of the stuff is big and weird and moves and lights up and makes noise and a lot of that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of the time that can freak dogs out it's all the um, stuff the dad's pig yeah. yeah, yes, all the noisy stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. Crazy, this, yeah, this is before. amazing. This and like with all me. the complicated yeah. controls, there's loads yeah. of toys and like with, yeah. for, the, for the adults as well. Um, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, completely impractical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so, okay, we might have to do some work with some specific dogs in relation to maybe some desensitization work or maybe some counter conditioning work. But in general, I try to approach it that it's just going to be like any other piece of furniture. So we don't mm-hmm. need to necessarily have big treats out or anything like that. And really mm-hmm. always with, you know, a lot of what we talk about, the goal really is to teach the dog just to be 
in contexts where babies involved. So just being, mm. and that's a really yeah. difficult skill. That's actually something mm. that dogs have to physically be taught a lot of the time mm. that they don't come with that um, inbuilt, I suppose. And just like children don't come with it. <laughs> yeah. um, so we actually yeah. have to install it. We actually have to teach it. So that's something that you can chat to them. Right. Well, yeah. Kind of re- I mean, to try a, and to reason a, with them and stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> to a certain extent. I mean, you know, it's not a whole lot of reasoning going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but certainly we have another uh, form of communication, I guess, with, with some mm. more languages, with most children of certain ages and things like that. Yeah. And then, you know, what I like to always do is try to think of, well, what is the natural cueing that's happening here already? So the sorts of baby mm-hmm. activities or interactions you have, we start to do those because they become cues or signals for dog behavior. So, for example, mm. if I'm feeding baby on the sofa, that's a signal that tells the dog that it's stuffed toy time on your bed behind a baby gate. Or if I'm mm. walking with the baby from living room to kitchen or whatever that's a signal for the dog to go to their crate or their bed or to mm. just walk and not jump up or or yeah, to be safety somewhere. things yeah mm. yeah yeah exactly so it's actually practical in terms of how we're mm. going to live with the dog and then to introduce a ton of you know baby gates and confinement because that's going to form a lot of the management that we do with um with babies and when babies arrive and you know, this is more for safety. And it's also Mm. to consider, I'm just never going to take risks. If you have a new baby in your home, you're tired, you're stressed, you're out of sorts. It's just all a lot. And, you know, we have had um, infant deaths related to, you know, the caregiver falling asleep, for example, and the dogs Mm. being able to access the child who was vulnerable Mm. and perhaps sleeping or in a basket or something like that, Mm. or within reach. And we just don't want mistakes to happen because Mm. you know we just don't want any close calls so Mm. getting you know baby gates and confinement areas and thinking about how you're going to live in the space how you're going to have baby stuff in the space so where does the dog's bed where's the dog's bed going to be where are their bowls going to be where is Mm -hmm. you know other things that are relevant to them where's their space going to be how are furniture is going to be how's furniture going to be moved around to accommodate the changes that are coming so to try and do that as early as possible so we can start to build that into the dog's daily life Mm -hmm. set up the baby stuff and then kind of just ignore it so it's just again like yeah you just had a new sofa or whatever so leave it away um and we have to remember that even if the baby is restrained or confined so even if the baby's in your arms even if the baby is in a chair or in a whatever all of the things that they could possibly be in <laughs> um that the dog still needs to be managed still needs to be supervised that there this isn't a time when we can actually be lax in any of those so start to think about well how would we do that for convenience so if you run in mm. with the baby in a car seat and the shopping and you want to run into the loo or you want to grab the phone or whatever it is oh, how can we make yeah. this easy to be part of your life so that we would mm. you know put the baby the car seat down put the shopping down and the dog we're immediately in the habit of putting the dog behind a barrier so that that yeah, dog yeah isn't going to have and we start that now we start that really really Mm -hmm. early so that it becomes second nature for us because remember again the adults are going to be tired they're going to be less you know aware of what they're doing and thinking ahead and all of those things stressed out yeah Mm. and they're going to have three thousand things to do at any one time you know so it's a really that they've never done before right exactly (laughs) so we again and it's the same for the adults the only thing we're adding to the adult's routine the caregiver's routine the pet owner's routine is the actual infant so all the other stuff is in place and we're doing that there's lots mm. of sources that will talk about playing baby sounds um, and that can be helpful mm. i've seen it go either way that some dogs don't really seem to respond and 
don't really seem to have much of an interest in the babies, the real baby sounds. And I've mm. seen some dogs that we've done baby sound work with, so the artificial sounds, and then but are and are very bothered by the baby sounds. You know, really sensitized to baby sounds by the time mm. they become. So it it goes either way. I think it's no harm to play and possibly play those sounds from other rooms. So, for example, mm. you know that you would. Yeah, and YouTube has like YouTube literally has videos of like ten hours of baby crying. I don't yeah. know who. <laughs> recorded that or uploaded or who listens to that that's even to listen to it for like 30 seconds is really distressing because distress calls are you know distressing like literally oh my god like yeah so and i do i do send those links to people and i do say it's actually really difficult to listen to so Mm. maybe just do like a snippet of like 30 seconds or something because it's a really hard thing but it's like hours of it it's like Mm. maybe it's like torture (laughs) you know (laughs) we're gonna play this until you talk yeah i know there's so much stuff on youtube but so and then we're glad that it's up there of course oh, yeah. it can be useful, you use it all you know? the time it's free <laughs> i did i did that with the, you know because i have a lurcher as as, mm-hmm. as you, you and now all of you know yeah she's the star she features the in the, in my <laughs> the, artwork. Features in the yeah. artwork that everybody loves That's yeah so cool. yeah so knowing obviously a type of dog you know i was like interested well, i remember it clearly i t- took out my phone i was like i wonder now this is months and months and months before yeah uh, noah yeah, arrived you know um and she was in the front room in her bed and i was in the kitchen and i just played it really low just a little baby it wasn't actually a cry it was oh, just yeah. kind of gurgly, gurgly. Baby yeah, sound. yeah yeah and <laughs> she hopped up yeah ears forward and just went beeline for the phone in my oh, hand yeah. and I was like whoa, whoa <laughs> okay, that's scary got some stuff to do here. <laughs> yeah um yeah. because it's not just the type of dog that she is but like you said earlier on that's why I laughed because some dogs don't react yeah or, or, or seemingly don't react at all and some you'll have that kind of yeah. pretty drastic intense yes, reaction that intensity you know? yeah that's exactly it so like if yeah. a dog go perks their ears up when they hear whatever the sound is for 30 mm. seconds and is like what the hell is that that's a weird sound i've not heard before because that mm-hmm. would be completely realistic you know a lot of dogs yeah. don't have heard infant sounds um yeah. and then they kind of go oh yeah that's that sound and they go off about their business or they settle back down or they just you know walk away i'm not going to be so concerned about that dog in that context mm. but that intense interest I'm not going to lie, would freak me out a little bit. And I would be yeah. absolutely like you, that my response would be, yes, we have work to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, whoa, yeah, okay. You know. definitely have work to and do. And I'm sure it didn't do everything um, right. But at the time, we that, won't tell with, tales with, on with, you, Graham, with the worry. knowledge that I knew, <laughs> I, I, I did what, what I thought was the best thing to sure. do. And I'm very lucky that Maggie and I have a, a, a really cool um, relationship. Lovely. Thank, thankfully. Awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, it can easily go horribly wrong as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's a, you know what, it's a really high octane, stressful time for everybody. So everybody's on edge, you know, yeah. and of course, dogs are social animals and they form attachment relationships with people. So that is, you know, somewhat contagious within a household, you know, like it would yeah. be amongst the people there, even if they're not directly experiencing the, the stress mm. or directly aware of it. So, you know, absolutely, everybody might be a little bit more reactive to things than they might be normally. Um, so we, we just have to expect that. So if we can do some prep beforehand so at least if the dog has heard gurgly sounds or laughing or even the noise of the toys because often that kind of twinkly music is quite high pitched and a lot of yeah. dogs can be uncomfortable that's so even the noise of all the toys and the oh my god there's so many things that make noise and also oh to god. be aware of the lights a lot of the the things for babies project yeah. lights and i yeah. don't really encourage exposing dogs to those because some mm. dogs can start to kind of get a little bit too interested in those lights now oh, it's yeah. quite rare but we don't it's very difficult to predict which dogs so i just mm. tend to say let's you know they don't need to be 
around us so let's not do it um and so you know just to be aware that that should be in another room and and again like i said we've defined you know spaces where the dog can do different things and i think it's perfectly reasonable that the dog does not have access to the baby's room and if the dog is sleeping in with the um in with their pet owners it's likely that baby is going to be in there when pet when adults are uh, vulnerable so we have to start weaning the dog and having them sleep elsewhere it's Mm -hmm. it's just not going it's not a safe expectation I can have of, mm. of, you know, a sleeping adults and a baby and an unrestrained dog. That's never comfortable for me. So we want to mm. start preparing that right now that there's just some places. And again, we do it gradually so that nobody is mm. terribly stressed and we can have all sorts of compromises because a lot of people like, for example, they might like to have their dog up on the bed in the morning. And mm. I'll say, well, we can still do that, but let's have these safety things in play first. Mm-hmm. This, you know, we have to have some things. So we've lots of compromise. It's not just me making rules and i am very very conservative about this stuff because first of all mm-hmm. i'm recommending safety so you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's i want it to be universal essentially so yeah. i want everybody to be safe but also i see a lot a lot of cases that represent when this goes wrong and there's I nothing know. more upsetting when um a dog hurts a child it is very very distressing and it's very very upsetting and I don't want anybody to experience that. I don't want to experience it. No. Um, I don't want I those cases um are very jarring for me. Um oh and yeah. yeah, and um I I really want to emphasize that safety is our number one thing. And that's safety for the dog too. That's you know, we want to do this to maintain the dog's welfare as well. So it's mm-hmm. everybody's safety. So again, I've brought this way down. Uh, <laughs> So, but with, with this, because like I said, I am, you know, I am really conservative about this and people are probably listening going, God, she's a bit OTT about this. And uh, maybe this, some well, of this stuff is unreasonable. There's a reason, folks. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and it's that I, that, you know, and again, my sample is skewed because I get to see all the times when this yeah. relationship goes wrong. So yeah, you have to take that, take that into account as well. But, and, and I know it can be successful and I know it can be joyous and it can be done, but there does need to be, for the most part, there will need to be some adjustment in there. Um, mm. So if we go back to our list, cause it is a serious list of things we can do. So there's mm. a lot of talk about bringing a, sending a blanket home um, with the baby smell mm-hmm. or with baby smell on it. And, you know, this is one I kind of giggle at this because I kind of go, well, we wouldn't do this with any other guest. You know, I wouldn't say to you, Graham, you're coming to my house next week. Will you just post ahead your jacket so that yeah. my dog can smell your jacket before you And this come is to the a house. blanket that the baby's just born and they send yeah, the blanket home now. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, right, well. yeah. Sometimes they say that. Um, and that seems mm. to be a very consistent recommendation. And the thing is, if you want to do that, do it, right? That's fine, do it. I don't think mm. it's going to make a whole lot of difference to um, the dog's comfort because, I mean, they're smelling this stuff all the time and if for example if we have a mum and dad situation and mum is in hospital and dad comes home he dad is smelling of that baby so that dog is getting mm-hmm. that information that way you will have got you know all of the baby paraphernalia like the nappies and all of the oh god the myriad of creams and talcs and potions and all sorts of things that come with that that's in the house already so the dog has an olfactory you know has olfactory yeah. access to that already like that's happening already the the real like so like i say do it if you want to do it but the real ri- risk comes is that people think that that's the ultimate thing that you have to do and they don't have to do a whole lot and so that's why um, I like to de-emphasize no. that because it's such a popular recommendation that okay. I'm going like, well, actually, it's not really that important at all. And if you don't do it, it's not going to make yeah. probably not going to make a big difference. But you do have to do all the other things. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so that so that's why I kind of de-emphasize the blanket thing because really I don't think it's that important. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we do in our baby prep programs, we, we will do what, a lot of what I call swaddle work. So swaddle work, like you can use a doll if you want to, but dolls creep me out. So in truth, so I don't <laughs> tend to use dolls. They freak me out with their weird eyes and everything else. Mm, um, have you ever been to Prague with all their Oh, I can't do all that and stuff. stuff. And the, mm. you know, people collecting, um, you know, ornamental dolls and yeah. oh, just, it's just, no, I can't do it. Uh, and they'll have whole walls of like, all the eyes looking at you and things like that, which freaks me out. But anyway, so oh, I don't I know what to send to... you for Christmas. Right. Okay. Great. Thanks. Please do. Um, <laughs> so I don't tend to do a lot of dolls because I don't want to be carrying dolls around with me to do this stuff with. Yeah. But what we will do, <laughs> because it would just, it'd just be too much. Um, <laughs> so instead, what I tend to do is swaddle work. So I, I take a blanket or a towel or whatever you have, a throw or whatever you have, and we roll it up into a baby kind of shape mm-hmm. and you carry that around. And the only reason I do that is because I want this to be a visual cue or signal for the dog to tell mm-hmm. them what's happening. So we mm-hmm. practice swaddle work. We might sit on the sofa. So when I'm sitting on the sofa, this is a cue that the dog is going to get a food toy on their bed or the dog mm-hmm. is going to be in their crate or behind a baby gate or whatever the situation is. Or when I I carry the swaddle from this door to this door this is when the dog gets food rewards on their bed so we're teaching them that the the adult carrying or holding a swaddle indicates them to do some behavior that makes it easier for everybody and safer for everybody and again mm. the more we practice that the earlier the better the dog is going to be able to cope with this when it actually happens and we have to remember then that when we have a baby in that swaddle it's animated it's moving it's crying it's all those things so that's really going to um test your training so we want to have quite a lot of work at this so basically if i'm holding something that looks like a baby this is information about what you need to be doing at that time so it's mm. a little bit easier for um everybody and we will we'll work quite a lot on, on swaddle work kind of exercises i think something that needs to be emphasized here is that dogs do not need to have contact with infants mm. there is this and there is just so many uh, internet videos of dogs being introduced to babies when they I first know. come home i think there's and, a pressure though from the internet to- yeah yeah I think so. To see the videos and the, and yeah. the photo. And I don't think a lot of people probably don't want to do it, but they feel they, they kind Possibly. of have to, you know. But yeah, yikes. And it, it, it's just not warranted. It's just not needed. So I we will no. talk through. They're getting all the information they need from a distance. Yeah, so absolutely. They, yeah. And it's, you know, it's just not safe at this point, certainly. So I'm, so no. I we will tend to talk through a kind of a re-entry plan. So how does mom and baby um a new parent and and baby how do they come in how do we actually come Mm. back to the dog what do we actually do so we go through a step-by-step that works for them so i tend to suggest that um you know the parent who's been away for the couple of days doing all the hard work um Mm. comes back in and greets the dog first and Mm. the other another caregiver hangs out with the baby in another room or somewhere else some people will say things like well should i send the dog to the borders for a few days and yeah you can absolutely do that it'll depend on the individual dog might that freak them out a little bit and then they suddenly come home and infants there and they're like what's going Mm. on Uh, but it will really depend on the individual situation sometimes that's just better for everybody particularly if there has been any sort of complications or you know kind of sensitive stuff that sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just if they 
you know, if the new parents don't have um, all of that to consider on top of the dog, that sometimes it's just safer for the dog. And when mm-hmm. everybody's ready and more comfortable, it might be better uh, a better time to bring them home. And we still have a reentry plan. So we let the dog get the excitement out of their system. And then I really want to encourage people to bring baby in, so in a car seat or whatever, and mm-hmm. just kind of go on about normal business. We're not going to make a big deal out of this. This yeah, is just a normal part of our life now. Mm. Yeah, so the car seat can go up out of baby's reach and we'll go about putting the stuff away, feeding the dog or toy or whatever, you know, and high dog and off we go and do all the bits and pieces. Um, and we just kind of go on about normal life and not make it a, a huge big deal. In those yeah. first early days and weeks, I, I, I discourage contact and I encourage a whole lot of barrier stuff. And as yeah. we all get better, and all begin to settle in and everybody becomes more comfortable. Well, then we can start to have more, more um, interaction and, and, and less barrier stuff. So it's not necessarily forever, but there's no contact needed. Your dog does not need to sniff your baby's head or face or get into the, you know, get their head into the car seat or anything like that. You know, it's just Mm. the stuff of nightmares. If for nobody else, think of me having sleepless nights because these videos (laughs) play in my head on a loop. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's really quite important that we're, that we're, we're talking a lot about that and having plans for all of this sort of thing. Mm. The, The thing is, is that baby prep really is only about the first baby's home for the first three months and that's because we're talking the baby is relatively you know they're they're less interactive than they're going to be yeah okay they make a little bit of noise certainly they they smell differently and that's going to be all a lot of sensory stuff that's introduced for the dog but they're not doing a whole lot but from no. about three months Hmm. babies start to interact more they start to reach and grab their eyesight starts to improve they start to be you know moving their little hands about and trying to reach or grab towards moving things so we Mm -hmm. have to consider our plans and update and adjust those along with all of these developmental milestones so by the time baby is kind of um six months of age or in or around there they're starting to sit up and and Mm. you know the dog was just getting used to baby being a kind of a bundle and now all of a sudden this weird noisy smelly bald puppy (laughs) starts to interact and sit up and what and they're kind of wobbly and those are Mm. kind of movements that dogs kind of often don't like Um, and then of course you know they start to move across the floor or they start to pull Mm. themselves up they start to walk as we're coming up to a year so we have to have an understanding of all the developmental milestones um, and how this really shifts the goalposts for Mm. the for the dog and And quickly yeah and it it can happen so like overnight certainly Mm. to the dog they're just getting used to the infant that's just a bundle in a blanket all the time that doesn't really do a whole lot and then all of a sudden they start to reach and grab and pull a tail or or touch them mm. when they're not expecting them as they pass mm. by and that that can freak dogs out so we actually have mm. to have kind of prep and planning in at each of those stages and be ready for what's coming next well this is what's coming next so we need to, to be aware that we might have to step up or this particular approach or or adjust this and i think mm. it's important also for dogs before baby arrives to have a vet check because there are certain mm. um zoonotic diseases that dogs can spread particularly to children so particularly in relation to parasite uh preventatives and 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 things like that so talk to your Mm -hmm. vet about whatever they would recommend in relation to child safety and also maybe to have a little consideration for a bit of a behavior check so what sort of behaviors does the dog exhibit now that might make life with baby plus dog more difficult um you know relative particularly to expectations but also more difficult or uh, will require very specific safety issues. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we have a couple of different works that show that most child bites happen from dogs with a history of fearful behavior or mm. previous kind of reports of aggressive responding and things like that. So, um, and like I said earlier, the majority of my dog bite child cases um, will be see, I, I'll see those families after multiple bites. So, you know, we want to have a little bit of a behavior check in place and let's start to think about well, what are the sorts of things that might um you know, literally jump up and bite us in the ass in, yeah. in the future um, and that we could start to, you know, we might have to put extra management in place. There might be things that we can do now to reduce the effects of those behaviours. Um, and, you know, so simple things like wanting to be able to take your your baby in the pram or buggy or whatever with your dog, but your dog pulls mm. on lead, you know, mm. or is jumping on things on lead or is lunging towards things on lead, which makes that particular interaction not terribly safe. So we have to kind mm-hmm. of think about, well, what are the things we can put in place to, to start to make that a reality? bearing in mind that this stuff can take months to teach so mm. um you know we want to get stuff in place really early i think that's a lot of stuff it's a lot in that list but you know i could like i said i could go on quite a bit they were the important things <laughs> oh that's awesome that's brilliant yeah of course like i mean you, <laughs> you could do a whole podcast on mm. just that list and yeah, say nothing either side <laughs> but like it, it was just to try and get some yeah and we're always trying to get make it accessible so that people mm-hmm. can do things easily if possible you know Uh, and straight away you know so yeah so so let's move on then so if baby has already arrived Mm -hmm. and you're you're listening to this now what can people do now to help their dog to adjust to their new way of life kind of you know it's 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 more urgent now after what you've just (laughs) spoken about yeah so they're going oh shit okay I didn't do all of this prep and now I'm in this situation so um, not to say that it's it's it, it might still it'd be fine do you know what mm, I mean but yeah. uh, let's make sure it's going to be fine yeah and I mean it's never too late so always ask for help um, and there's no judgment there's no blame we can start today and I would rather mm-hmm. we start today than in six months time or in two years time after we've already had a bite so yeah. you know even if baby has already arrived even if everybody's finding it hard to adjust to this because it won't just be the dog everybody is going to require a level of adjustment for this. So mm. um, everybody's going to need that. So the first thing that we'll always talk about is management. And management means mm. that we prevent the dog being put in situations where they would be likely to make a mistake or carry a behaviour that we we won't like or is mm. unsafe. But management in relation to child dog safety fulfills lots of functions and it helps to prevent uh, human mistakes as well so the adult's mm. mistakes so falling asleep or not paying enough attention because you're tired mm. because you're doing a hundred things because you're watching a very vulnerable infant that requires all of your attention and effort um so we have management in place so that stuff that accidents don't happen that those close calls don't happen so we start straight away by putting some management in place starting to help dogs understand about um using different barriers and i am an absolute lover of kind of dog pens and uh room dividers and baby gates and things like Mm -hmm. that like it's you know it's a huge part of my world um, mm-hmm. and one of the great challenges for me is, is the fashion of um you know having open plan living it drives me oh. insane because <laughs> there are no doors I, I need a house that has doors so yeah. so we can do this so so we use a lot of kind of freestanding pens and things like that and there are lots of great products available and even really tall ones to prevent jumping and and yeah. I, I emphasize so, confinement training. so much now yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's so much better than like even five ten years ago was so much yeah. harder to get things like this uh here um and I emphasize confinement training for 
all dogs, really. So teaching them gradually and without stress how to be comfortable when they just can't access. So they just yeah. can't, you know, sometimes life sucks and you just can't get to all the things you want to get to. And mm-hmm. it becomes way handier, you know, when there's children in the mix and things like that, that we have a way of keeping everybody safe and the dog is comfortable during that. So that would absolutely be one of my first places that I would go to if we're backtracking a little bit. Um, and, you know, and then I also want to make sure that if we're putting that in place and so the dog is going to have, you know, more barriers between them and social contact with their people or attention with their people because there's a whole lot of other stuff going on, I'm going mm-hmm. to really be emphasising how we can entertain that dog so that yeah. um, they have lots of outlets for behaviour and they've lots of self-directed stuff that they can do and of course our program the 100 days of enrichment program is totally free and you can adapt it and it's all there for you and there's literally hundreds of ideas um and it's and like that can be used. awesome i'm biased obviously but like it's one of the, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the most awesome things on the internet oh my goodness if you got a dog 100 percent, check yeah. it out it's amazing and free and all there and there's a really cool uh, group community on Facebook of of enrichers that are doing it all the time and are there and to support you and encourage you with all your things and share all your stuff it's a fantastic um, thing (laughs) my life's work in in one blog (laughs) it's it's unreal it really is it's brilliant thanks Graham (laughs) <laughs> yeah but, but i do i would recommend lo- even looking at that you don't have to do the whole thing just look at some ideas start getting your giving your dog outlets for things because you're just not going to you may not be able to physically do everything um and, no, and yeah. the adults also need to rest and they also need to be you know making sure that they're prioritizing um, baby's care um, mm. and all those things so it works for all of the things while keeping your dog happy as well so those, yeah. those would be the things I would urgently um, prioritize if we're backtracking a little bit or we, if we have to step up something suddenly is is management, confinement, comfortable confinement mm. and uh, lots of appropriate enrichment for the dog. Awesome. See, you did it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, easy, accessible stuff that people can do right now. Yes, and if they're that. not sure or concerned in any way, obviously it's never too too uh, early to ask for, oh, for advice God, and help no. on these things. Definitely not. No. And as always, I'll have all, all of the contact mm. details yeah. for for yourselves uh, in the show notes so that everybody has has um, has access to that. There's plenty of help. And like I say, ask. It's oh, no harm yeah. in asking Absolutely. as early as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Set everybody up for success. Yay. Yeah. Um, we, we actually we're going to do a longer version of this and, and, and lean into managing older children with dogs. Mm-hmm. But we decided to split that into uh, in, in, this one into a two parter. So we look at this one as part one and come back shortly and, and, and do part two. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and just I'll just say that we had um, during the pandemic, actually bookmarking mm-hmm. the pandemic just before and just after the major kind of two years of lockdowns and yeah. all of that drama. Sadly, we had two uh, child deaths bookmarking Mm. uh, the pandemic here in Ireland. And Mm -hmm. we've only ever had, since records began, we've only had three uh, dog bite related fatalities here. Um, And I think the first was was 2016, 2017. I mean, Mm. that was the first one. And it was an older lady. But um, across the pandemic specifically, we had these two kind of deaths. child deaths Mm -hmm. Uh, one was quite a young child Mm -hmm. um uh, um 
relating to dog bite fatalities. And in response to that, I developed a, a free course for dog pros. And um, it's been do- dormant for now for quite a while. But just in relation to this, if there's anybody who wants to do that and get a ton of resources and a ton of information to uh, serve your clients in relation to providing them with um, advice about baby prep or any of this stuff, uh, just drop me an email and I will just give you free access. There's no problem at all. You can go and do that course. Um, it's all online. Tons of resources, tons of stuff, um, lots of ways of guiding your learning and all that sort of stuff. So just drop, uh, send an email or whatever the ways that people contact through social media uh, and messaging <laughs> and all that. Just drop me a line and I'll, I'll just have to add your... Um, you just join a website basically so i just have to add your details but that's absolutely no problem that's available for free. that's awesome so if they, if they go to <laughs> anya.ie they can contact yeah, sure. you that way yeah yeah, yeah. info at anya.ie or any of the facebooks or the instagrams or all of that stuff just all of that. knock off a message <laughs> it's specifically designed for dog pros or people yeah. that would have an understanding of um dog behavior and who or uh, and who would be interacting with and, and advising pet owners so it's specifically for pros Amazing. To do that. So you can come along and do that for do free. Do it. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Send yeah. those emails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check your inbox now. Yeah. I know. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks so much, Anne. No uh, problem. Awesome. Anytime. As always. So um Ooh. yeah, we'll we'll hit part two very soon. Great. So stay stay tuned. If there's, if you, kind of, does anyone stay tuned to anything anymore? No. I don't think that's it's all, a thing. It's all on no. demand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's all oh just like God. binging or whatever the kids are doing nowadays. No, I'll leave it in. Yeah, we're yeah, aging ourselves. Yeah, we can edit that out. <laughs> we're actually nah. really young and cool. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. I don't think I ever was. No, I was young. Like, I was never cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Okay, cool. Thanks, Anne. All right, no problem. Thanks, Talk, Talk to you soon. soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again so much for listening today, guys. And as always, thank you so much for all of the positive feedback and your suggestions. If you enjoy the show, remember to please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, and recommend it to all of your friends and family to help us reach and help more people and their dogs. Also, please give us a follow on Twitter at BarksidePod and also on Instagram at BarksidePod to help grow our online community. If there are topics you would like to hear us cover in future episodes, please do share those with us on social media or simply mail us at barksidepod at gmail.com and we will do our very best to cover those in future episodes. Look after yourselves and your doggies. Thanks again for joining us and we will look forward to seeing you here again real, real soon.